This is the Parenting for Faith podcast from the Bible Reading Fellowship. Visit parentingforfaith.org for free online videos and resources and an eight-session course all about Parenting for Faith. You can also sign up for news, subscribe to this podcast, and find out about events and training in your area. Hello and welcome to the Parenting for Faith podcast. This is episode 12 of season six. My name's Anna Hawkin, I'm your host, and I get to lead the ministry here at Parenting for Faith. Now, I'm going to get you to think about all the way forwards after the summer holidays to September. On the 25th of September, we're starting a Parenting for Faith online course over Zoom. Now, how this works is you can sign up as a group or as a church. So either gather together some other people from your church or it can just be a friendship group. It could be people you haven't seen for years, maybe people who you were school friends with or uni friends or something like that. And you say, look, what we really want to do this year is help our kids to meet and know God. We want to get some tools and we want to put them into practice. So we're going to set aside some Monday evenings. It's eight Monday evenings starting on the 25th of September. And there's a bit of a break over half term. And uh, you can find about, out about it all on our website. You can book at BRF online. So we ask you to come along with a group. And we do have a few groups that we host that you can just join as well. So we have a male only dads group. So if you're a dad and you don't have other dads, but you'd like to talk about it in a male only group, you can join us for that. Um, and we'll also have a group for foster carers and adoptive parents. Um, just a few of the things that we're talking about need framing a little bit differently. There's a few extra questions, a little bit of extra wisdom. Um, so that group will be hosted by the wonderful Lucy Rycroft from our team, who many of you know and love. So if you are a foster carer or an adoptive parent and you'd like to sign up for that, we would love to see you there. And talking about the summer, we are going to be at New Wines United Summer Conferences, uh, both week A and week B. We will have a stand in the exhibition area. We're going to be running lots of different seminars. We're going to be supporting parents. So if you're coming along, do make sure you come and see us. We would love to say hi. We'd love to hear all about who you are and what you're doing and help you find your next step if we can support you in that as well. But we're going to head over now to our conversation. Our guest today is Rachel Turner, the founder of Parenting for Faith. And I really wanted to ask her about how we take this forward. We've been talking right through this season about what it means to be God's children, how we can connect with him. But I want to take it a step further and say, how can we help our kids and teens to be God's children too? If we're enjoying God's parental love and care and guidance and direction, it's natural and normal that it's something we'd want for our children as well. But we can freeze and get worried about being too pushy or just not be quite sure where to start. And so I thought, who better to ask about this than Rachel Turner? So, Rachel, most of our listeners already know and love you. But for anyone who's new, who are you? What do you do? And why did you start Parenting for Faith? Uh, hi, my name is Rachel Turner. <laughs> I'm a person and uh, I have a kid and I started Parenting for Faith a oh, long time ago, back when it started with a zero, like 2005 or something like that. And uh, I started it really just because I was a regular children's pastor trying to help kids meet no God. And uh, as I did that, I began to see um, and understand that it's not really about me as a children's pastor, but it's really about the parents. 
And I wanted to begin to serve parents to the best of my ability. And uh, so I just went on this big journey of trying to serve parents and find out what scares them and what stops them from being all that God's called them to be. Uh, and so just started doing it normally and then eventually got some funding and it's grown into this huge thing that it is today. Um, really just lots of people um, championing parents uh, to the best of our abilities. Love it. So that very first book that you wrote was called Parenting Children for a Life of Faith. Am I right? Yep. Parenting Children now, for a Life of Faith. There's now about 10 books. That one is yeah. an omnibus with uh, it's three books all together and it's been updated. And we now have a course and a podcast and a book and a course for babies and toddlers, stuff for parenting as a church leader. We're filming a teens course and a website with loads of stuff. It's hard to find, but if you, the search bar is good, search for stuff and uh, we have it on there. So you really kickstarted this whole journey. You founded it and um, yeah, we just try to produce lots of different resources so that you can engage with this in whatever way works for you, which is great. So I wanted to ask you why we are so weird about sharing our faith as parents. Okay, so we we naturally share with our kids our passions, our interests, the things that are important to us. But for some reason, some of us find it a lot harder when it comes to sharing about our faith and how we connect with God and how we meet and know him. How can we get over that hump of feeling weird about it and just do it? I think, first of all, it's OK to feel weird because some of us aren't don't normally talk about our faith in casual ways. And so our faith is a very private experience. It happens inside of us, in our minds, in our hearts. And so when we're thinking about how do we help a small person who we deeply love find their own internal path with God, it, it can feel a bit uh, worrying and confusing. But the whole point is that we as parents already have all the skills you need to do this well. Uh, we just apply it to a different area of their lives. We already know how to coach them emotionally and take care of them physically and to help them on their sort of mental journey of growth and spiritual bit is a, is exactly the same as everything else. Our job is to come alongside them and help them find their path and teach them how to do it and help them find their own journey and make mistakes. So us as parents already have all the skills we need to do it. It's just becoming confident to do it in the spiritual area. And uh, I find it um, really helpful, I think, to reposition are thinking about it because I think when it comes to spiritual life, we begin to think that we need to be able to model things perfectly and to have all the right answers for everything. And we have to be the whole amazing package of pastor and leader and perfect Christian. And that isn't what our kids need. Our kids just need a parent to say, this is how to live life. And this is what it looks like for me. And you're different than me. And you'll find your own path. And I'm here to walk alongside you as a co-journeyer on your path of life and spirituality and faith and finding God in the ordinary every day. So I think it just takes us putting down our assumptions of what we think it should be and just continuing to be the parent we are using all the skills we already have, uh, giving ourselves the breaks that we already give ourselves because we know we're not perfect and we know we make lots of mistakes and knowing that is perfectly natural and right in the spiritual areas as well. So true. So true. And I think there's something too about, we just really care about it. Like for most parents, it's a big deal. They, 
their relationship with God has changed their life. They can't imagine doing life without God in it. And so they really want their children to choose that. And so it becomes this, you're almost so scared of messing it up that you don't start. I know that sounds silly, but it's it's kind of, yeah, it can feel really pressured. And so I loved what you were saying there about it's skills that you've already got. It doesn't need to be a whole separate area or a different thing. Yeah. I think I think you're right. There's a lot of fear around it. There's a lot of worry about getting it right or not getting it wrong. And we know that if we could give our kids one thing, uh, a relationship with a God who will be with them forever is the thing we want them to have. And so there's a, a real pressure of, of feeling like we need to do it well and right. And I just think that 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 is okay to feel that is a right um passion to have that we want our kids to have it um but it doesn't need to paralyze us instead it just needs to encourage us to wade into it because it's so important Mm. now i get to talk to parents and carers about this kind of stuff a lot i know you do too and there's often this moment where they kind of have a glazed look on their face and I've learned that that means, oh, but you don't know me. You don't know my situation. You don't know my circumstances. And they tend to come out with um, questions about some really specific things, like some just some tricky things to navigate or some, some questions around this. So I thought I would throw some of these uh, situations and questions at they you. Were. Quick fire sure. style. And yes. uh, you can support and love and encourage these parents who are sitting there thinking, yeah, you don't know me. This couldn't work okay. for me. Okay. Right. Ready? Yes. Yes. So first one, uh, what if your partner or your ex-partner doesn't have a relationship with God? They're not a Christian, either totally opposed or they're like sort of don't mind and are supportive of you, but it's not for them. Uh Well, first of all, you're not alone. Uh, Many people are in that situation. And what I love about helping your kid find their own path with God is that it doesn't require everybody in the home to take the children on a program of education to learn something. Uh, All it takes is you being you in the fullness of you and talking about your life with your kid and helping them make their own choices and see the world um, and where you see God in the world and helping them encounter God for the first time uh, and see what it's like for them. And so what we find if your partner doesn't currently have a faith is that you're you're not trying to push for let's all as a family sit down and do devotionals or this is what it means, the behaviors and the religion of Christianity. Um, what you're doing is saying, this is what I have found to be very powerful in my life and this is how I live my life. And I firmly believe that a life lived with God is a beautiful thing. And your kid gets to watch your life lived and gets to listen to you and ask questions and listen to your partner and ask questions. And I think uh, I just want to encourage you to have confidence in the fact that a life lived with God is beautiful and how you explain it to your kid and how you give them invitations and opportunities to participate enables them to go on their journey of dipping their toe in and talking to God for the first time and not feeling controlled and not feeling like it's choosing your partner or you, but instead you're saying, this is everything you need for a life. And uh, this is what it looks like for me. And this is what it might look like for you. And I invite you into that journey alongside of it. So don't feel pressured to perform or control or to make them do something. The more powerful thing to do is to be you, to talk about it and to help them go on their exploration journey. 
It's really helpful. And we do have a podcast episode. We spoke to um, two great friends of ours, Ruth Morgans and Kathy Bond, who are both in that situation uh, and just doing an amazing job. And they just share really honestly about their experiences. So I hope that's helpful too. Okay, what about really little kids? Um, parent who's listening to this and their tiny baby has just puked up all over their back or their toddler is driving cars up the wall and they're thinking yeah okay this stuff is important to me and it's good but I'm pretty sure my tiny person doesn't understand any of this stuff when and how can I start helping them to connect with God Uh, I think first of all I would just encourage you to treat God as if he's in the room because he is Uh, what we get to do with our under fives is we get to define reality. We get to say, this is how the world works and how we engage with it. And so as you're driving cars up the walls and as you're walking down the road, explaining things, um, you are weaving into their lives where God is in it. And so as you are walking down the road and you see a tree and you think, oh God, I love that tree. Just say that out loud uh, as your kid trips and falls and go, oh God, look at their niche. Let's show God your knee. Oh, look at that. And you get to to show that, show God what's happening in their lives. And you get to talk to God the way you talk to God in your head. And you are just showing them in the weaving of where God is in your life where he is. That's so important to them as you put them to bed and say, you and God have a good time whispering until you go to sleep. Uh, All of that stuff just enables them to understand where God is in their lives and how to engage with him in it. And so you don't need to worry about doing any particular behavior. You can also follow them in their behaviors. You know, I know some kids who love to spin around and dance. And so throwing on a song and saying, let's spin around and dance with God is great. Uh, You are weaving into what it looks like for them rather than trying to create something that looks not like them and like someone else. And so uh, weave that in. They are fully capable of encountering God because God is not boundaried by words. He's not boundaried by understanding or language. He knows how to communicate with your kids and your kids know how to connect with him. They don't have to be able to articulate it or understand it for them to be aware of God's peace and presence. And so as you hold them, say, God, bring your peace. Oh, God, thank you for helping us feel calm in our hearts. All of those little things, just let it weave into a a beautiful life with God, um, rather than feeling like you need to present them with any information. That information can come as part of your reading and can come as part of your storytelling. Um, It doesn't mean we don't talk about God, but it means that um, doing it in the ordinary every day is the most powerful thing we can do with our babies. Love it. And if you want a little bit more on that, Rach has written a book as the Babies and Toddlers Parenting for Faith book, which Lucy, uh, Lucy, our social media wizard, describes as 12 five minute uh, chapters to read, which I like. I like the realistic that no one's going to sit down for an hour, but you might have 12 lots of five minutes. Um, So and we've got some videos that go alongside that as well, if you're more of a watcher and less of a reader. Um, So great. What about the kids that are just totally disengaged and disinterested? So the parent has done all the things. Maybe they've done a Parenting for Faith course or read a book and they've been using the key tools, so creating windows and framing. And their kid or teenager just seems not to notice or to not care about relationship with God. What do you do in that situation? 
Uh, first of all, I want to say it's not true. Uh, sometimes our kids are really good at pretending that they don't notice us and uh, or don't notice the things that we're attempting to do. But they really are watching, particularly if you have teenagers. You will know that your kids are watching you all the time, sometimes judging you. That's OK. They're paying attention. And uh, what you do is a story that they live in and they watch and they notice. And so um, sometimes when we're trying to create windows and frame and explain things to our kids, and we think it's not making a difference. Um, the reason that we parent is not always just necessarily for the immediate. We're also trying to lay foundations into our kids that are going to last a lifetime. And so when you share these ideas, when you let them watch you worship and in the morning when you talk about how you see God in a place and they may disagree or disengage or grunt a little bit. What you're doing is you're dropping sentences and paragraphs and experiences of life that they see and understand so that if and when they need it in six months, next week, in three years, they can look back and go, I know what to do in this situation. I remember my parents saying this. I remember watching my mom go through this. I remember hearing my dad say this. We are laying this foundation of accessibility to them for now and for the future. And so keep going with it. You you exist in consistency so that they can see it. If your presentation of faith keeps changing, then they're going to think, what's going on? But if you are living your life beautifully and talking about it all the time, they have this consistent life of understanding and a constant invitation to step into it, to have a more conversation, to know that if they want to ask more, they can. And so you're you're walking alongside of them in it. Um, and so try not to try not to insist on an immediate response if they're not interested in that, because then it becomes about, oh, I'm gonna say this badly, but almost manipulation and control, because they feel like you want something out of them. And so then they then it's a power thing. Instead, I just want you to know what life can be like and is like and how to do things. Um, with God and that that reduces the dynamic of parent child and instead said I'm here to walk alongside you and cheer you on in it and for you to know what the reality of life with God looks like mm. and I love that it's a long-term thing I think mm. in so many areas of parenting especially with Google on hand right it's easy to go eh, this isn't working let me try something new and we can just really confuse our children by yeah. throwing lots of different things at them but if we're being authentic if we're being honest and we do that over weeks and months and years that becomes a really a really solid good foundation for them to to hold on to yeah okay can I have one more yes what if you're in a bad place yourself? You know, we all have up and down seasons. So that could be spiritually, it could be mentally, it could be physically, you might be dealing with illness or grief. I don't know, something is going on and you are struggling to connect with God yourself. You're actually having a, you know, a bit of a rough season with him. Can you still nurture your child's relationship with him? And if so, how? Yes. Um, well, two things, because uh, one, your job is to help them do their thing. And so I don't need to be in a fantastic place to help my kid connect with God because I'm not in the center of my kid's relationship with God. My kid and God can communicate by themselves very well. And um, my kid is going on their journey and next steps. So um, 
if I have put myself in the center of my kid's relationship with God, then it is very much dependent on me. If, if, if I'm just in the middle, then I have to be all things to all people. And that isn't how effective parenting for faith happens. Our job is to step out and coach our kids through that and help them find their voice with God and give them opportunities to meet. And so it's okay, whatever you're feeling, because um, our job is to encourage, support, equip, and encourage our kids in their journey. But it's also really helpful to know that your experience can be valuable um, to share little snippets of little windows into, um, because there will be times in your kid's life where they will experience dryness or disconnection or worry or wrestling. And if we only ever present to our kids, it's always going to be really happy and great then they are completely unprepared for the seasons that they will face in their lives. And so what you don't, that doesn't mean you talk about it 24 seven, but it does mean that you can sit down and say, sometimes it is hard to connect with God because not because of what God does, but because of what's going on inside of us. And, you know, because as you know, my mom died, grandma died, and I'm feeling really, really sad right now and sort of a little bit alone because I think in my head and my heart, I'm coming into a little ball and just saying, I'm sad and I don't want to talk to God right now. And that's okay. God says that he's going to wait for me and I will come out of my little ball. And sometimes you might ever feel like you're in a ball and that's okay. Just know God is waiting and is happy to talk with you whenever you want. And so when you share your emotions, it's really helpful to frame um, what God is doing and, or how you're feeling to say, I'm in a blah, blah, blah. And I don't know what God is doing right now. And I, I will figure it out at some point, but that's okay. So if you see me being quiet in church, that's what's happening is right now I'm just being, and I'm figuring it out and that's okay to wrestle with. And so you're normalizing that faith goes up and down and that, um, that you can wrestle and question and that you can ponder and you can struggle and all of that's okay. That's a normal part of life with God. Um, and that's okay. And I'm okay with being in the middle and I'm okay with being on my journey, just like I'm always going to be okay with you being on yours. And so that gives everyone permission to go on that up and down journey. If we don't do that, they hit a struggle and they're like, I've lost my faith. I'm walking away. God's not real. I guess it's all been a lie. And they walk away. But if they're surrounded with people who are saying, I'm in a bad place right now. And then you know, this is how I found my way out. That gives them such empowerment for the long-term journey of life with God. So helpful. So, so helpful to remember. Right. That was my final question. Uh, but okay. I would love to just end. Could you just give an encouragement? What is the one thing you'd like parents and carers to remember as they go on this journey uh, of helping their children or teenager to meet or know God? Can I have two things? Fine. Okay. One, you are enough just as you are right in the situation that you're in. Uh, you are enough because you are God's gift to your kids, not because you're perfect and not because um, you have everything going, but because you are present and you love them and uh, you want them to meet and know God. That's you being the eunice of you is enough in this season because my second point is God is pursuing your kid and God wants a relationship with your kid more than you want him to have a relationship with your kid. And he is faithful to be speaking to them, to be calling to them, to be sitting with them in their days and to be walking with them to school. And uh, Jesus said he only did what he saw his father doing, uh, which means that his father was at work in great and powerful ways 
in his community and in the people around him. And God is at work in your kid and our job is just to follow what he is doing. So um, it's not all on you. It's not all on your shoulders. Um, God is doing great things and you get to be the up close and personal witness to what God is doing in your kid's life as you help them find them. You. I am going to allow that because that was two related things Thank that you, you connected and spoke very fast. You're kind. <laughs> Rachel, it's been a pleasure as always. Thank you so much for your wisdom. Thank you. We always end our podcast with a question to ask your kid to spark an interesting conversation. This week's question is, what's the best thing about being the age that you are right now? What's the best thing about being the age you are right now? Remember, be prepared to answer it for yourself as well. So start me thinking about that now. And I'd love to invite you to join with the Parenting for Faith course. Now, I know the word course can sound a little bit scary. Um, if you panic about it, just think of it as the next Netflix series to binge. OK, there's eight videos. They're only about half an hour. And you could do that yourself over the summer or with a few friends or with a partner. It's all on our website. It's all free. We'll pop a link in the show notes. You can download it. So if you're going off camping in a field or something, uh, you don't even need decent Wi-Fi to be able to watch it. I'd love to encourage you to make that time and invest in that this summer. Or if you're a bit like me and you think, I'm going to really want to do that, but I'm going to struggle to be committed. I could do with a little bit of accountability and journeying it and doing it with some other people. Then I'd really encourage you to start trying to get a group together for that course that starts on the 25th of September. So it's the same videos, um, but it will be led by Emma Olorenshaw, one of our team. You come onto Zoom for an hour each week and you just get to do it in community and journey with other people. So however you do it, I would really love to invite you to do the Parenting for Faith course, either in your own time or by signing up for those group courses um, that start on the 25th of September. Uh, there is going to be a bonus episode on the 21st of July, which was the launch day for my book, Being God's Child, A Parent's Guide. Yeah, think of it as a sort of audio book sampler. I'm going to read a little bit of the book to you uh, just for you to enjoy and kickstart your summer reading. Thank you for downloading the Parenting for Faith podcast. A new episode will be released next week. And why not look at parentingforfaith.org to watch the free eight session course, to get in touch or to find out about training and events near you.